There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other, and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing 10 years. Five goals, Conan, 30 points, extra time, red card, black cards, Geezer's first win in Ulster, Armagh had it won, they had it lost, they had it won again and almost lost it again. How about that for a little uh, summation of, the, the Ulster Championship is the new Munster Hurling Championship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a gift from the gods as they're calling it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's burning, thank God for the BBC for showing these games. Like, yeah. you know, the Derry Throne game was nowhere near as good as this, but it was still a decent battle. And then yeah. you had this, like imagine... This wasn't showing. I saw a lot of people giving out when they saw it was going to extra time. It's like, oh, good job, RT. <laughs> you know, there's a cracker going on up here, and we can't watch it. It would have been a shame. It would have been a shame if BBC hadn't been showing it. So at least we got to see it. So we can be thankful to the BBC for that. Uh, yeah, and people complaining that oh, well, Waterford and uh, Tipperary wasn't very good or whatever. But like, I mean, four weeks ago when they were choosing their games, they wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just hindsight stuff. But look, we got to see it again. Seven o'clock when you watch two hurlings. And then you've got a football to sit through. I've gassed out towards the end of it. Like, I mean, it was great. Thank God it was kind of exciting or it would have been completely gassed out altogether. But, like, I mean, the Kayla Mooney sending off. We, Aaron Kernan's going to join us on the show. It's just me and you here for the top of the show. Um, Aaron's going to join us to talk about this. He was at this in Uri. And we'll talk about this a bit more tactically in part two. But Kayla Mooney um, sending off. I don't think it was a sending off. I think it was very unlucky. I can see why the refs sent him off came across to shoulder him um, and the number 10 for Armagh what's his name He's, his name escapes me He's uh, Aidan Nugent Aidan Nugent stepped inside him and he kind of caught his head off his shoulder you know he had his arms wide, wide out and as he was turning in he caught his head off his shoulder and like I don't know what can Caelan do at that stage he had pulled out of the tackle and had his arms out by the side 
if another fella sidesteps, Nugent sidesteps into you then and comes across your body, I don't know. I think I think Caelan came across to take him out until the sidestep and then he's in big trouble when he sidesteps in. But mm. I got, it looked like a sending off on first viewing and then I was thinking, geez, maybe he's a bit unlucky. Did he did he fling his shoulder sort of towards him even after the sidestep? You were just to try and leave a bit on him? Not not saying that he meant to do it in yeah. his uh, cheek or anything. It's a like weird that. one if you just put your shoulder forward to catch someone in the face. It's a it's an unorthodox um it's an unorthodox kind yeah. of foul, you know. I, I think though when you're being like I've been there loads of times when you're about to be sidestepped, you sort of do anything to try and just to get make sure something he on him because yeah. yeah, all you're being shouted at is contact, contact, get contact on and the worst thing is that someone sidesteps you and you don't even get a hand on him, like you know. Yeah. So and he got him in the face, maybe, and that's it. I, I like, don't... yeah, Kevin McStay was good on the Sunday game. He was saying that he thinks it's on Kalen to sort of not hit him up the face, like you know. Can't pull out of that. I suppose if if it's just timing, because there's the impossible at that split second when someone sidesteps towards you to be able to catch them ex- like a boxer finds it hard with his timing to catch somebody yeah. right in the face so he caught him straight in the face I don't think that was his intention I think it was definitely to get contact and make sure he wasn't coming inside first he was lining up for the shoulder and then it was hands out to make sure he can't get in and yeah. it's just very unfortunate now it, we we have said on the show before that you can still hurt somebody and be unfortunate and have no intent Yeah, um, I don't think there was too much wrong wrong Ah, look, maybe you're kind of going, yeah, it's the kind of, ah, oh, that'll ruin the game now. He was playing really well and, you know, that kind of way. So I don't know. I, I would have I would have left him off with a... I think if he got a yellow there, no one would have batted an eyelid. I, I agree. It's just, yeah, and I don't think it was intentional. I suppose it's just a question now if you wanted to start stamping that stuff out a bit more. Like, you know, if... You don't want to take contact out of the game. No, you can't be terrified not to do that. You know, you can't be. You can't be but terrified. Should you be, not like, you know, because that, you know, that could just be a, a, a worse injury, say, then like, if you just catch the, someone in the head. Then we're going down the line of uh, soccer. No, but just don't like, hit them I mean, in the head. Like, you know, hit them in the... I don't think he meant to hit him in the head. No, I he know. has to put his hands out to get that contact on. Like, if we go down the road of soccer where you're actually jumping out of a lad's way because you're afraid of the contact, that's just going to be a farce of a game. The other night I was playing Masters football and a fellow went down injured and all the players start saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, I know this is Masters and I'm yeah. not comparing it. And I says, what's it? What? The referee blew the blew the play up this fella had tripped over the ball and had gone over his ankle and was lying down on the ground I said you can't stop the play for that I said we're on the attack it's not soccer you don't just pull it back whenever you decide to pull it back now I'm not comparing it again but I'm just using the example of we can't go down the road of soccer and be afraid Kevin McStay was completely wrong to say something like that it's on Caelan Mooney to what jump out of his way no, but did not hit him in the face. Like you know, I, I still think. Again, I said I don't think he meant to do that. No, so. I don't think he did either. But I don't think that's uh, that's a reason to sort of you know, turn a blind eye to it. Like cause it's not the contact we want. We want the contact on the chest because yeah. sometimes you're beaten and you have to accept that and sort of readjust yourself or hope another defender comes in. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can just throw whatever you want. And I didn't mean to, but you know the reckless and the sort of desperation of it. It means you can catch people in the face. Okay, well. we could do a whole show on this incident. No yell- no red for me, a yellow. A <laughs> yellow and a strong warning. Uh, but then Mooney had lost the plot a little bit then. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> holy shit, it was, like two, no it was like two gangs fighting. He was like, he completely lost <laughs> his mind. Of, you're egging them on. Come on, come on. <laughs> that was like lost all control. I'd never seen Kalen like that before. I don't think he's that type of player. But I just remember we were talking last Thursday about these two teams do not like each other Jeez, very much. Yeah. And that was so obvious. Like, I 
mean for someone like him to be sent off back in on the field getting involved and then all the trash talking from a distance like <laughs> come on down here <laughs> and I don't know what he was saying come on originally and then he started like doing a sub thing and uh, yeah. maybe he was telling somebody you need to get off or something like that uh, uh, in fairness that was funny I've, I found it funny because there was nothing major in it now Geezer could be in trouble for coming on and throwing the shoulder at Kevin yeah. McKernan like there's no excuse for that we can't because he liked Geezer we cannot accept that a mentor getting involved with players and he, he came on he trash talked one down player and it looked a little bit uh you know, just a bit of kind of trash talking or whatever, but he, he shouldered Kevin McKernan on the way back. Yeah. You can't do that as a manager. You cannot come on and get involved with players. And these are, can get embroiled in these things. I've seen him doing it before. He got involved with me before in a challenge game with Kildare where I uh, got him, I was get, having a bit of a row with a Kildare player and he was right in on the field getting involved in that. It's like, go back there. You don't need yeah. to be involved in this. So he could be in trouble for that shoulder. Like Davy Fitz got yeah. Davy Fitz got eight weeks for something very very yeah. similar. Was it twelve that Davy Fitz got? Oh, like, yeah. And, and like yeah, Kieran McGinley's been banned for twelve weeks before and been pulled up for an, a couple of other things. I don't, I don't know. Like what is the need for that? Like the only thing I can think of was that Armagh had obviously thrown the game away. They were five points up, home and hosed. Maybe he just thought they needed a reaction, and I'll take one for the team here because it was a. Well, that's what Davy said. He went on for that time. Remember, <laughs> yeah. he said he needed. I don't think they're thinking like so that. Maybe either. I don't know. Maybe he just thought they needed a bit of fire under the belly, like you know. Because I always, think he was just really pissed off. But it was a really tame shoulder, wasn't it? But it's just like the, the sort of thing that escalates everything, you know. So it seemed like he wasn't trying to do McKernan. You know, so it was like a pointless shoulder in that sense. But was he just trying to get a reaction? Because when a manager does it, everybody gets involved. You could say that because Geezer was walking this way, McKernan was walking this way, and neither wanted to step away from each other. Yeah. And they just he could get off with that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But still, for Geezer being the manager should have turned his body to the side like that. That's the yeah, that's the right thing so, to do yeah. from a manager's point of view. Did you see James Morgan when he came on? So that was brilliant. He came on and he gave Donal O'Hare a, a little yeah. dunt into the back, and then Donal O'Hare took out his glove and threw it away. Did you see that? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Did you hear the commentator in the second half? They're cousins. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, maybe I got this wrong now, but I'm nearly sure I in the second that. half that James Morgan and Donal O'Hare are cousins. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows he loves his gloves. <laughs> he needs his gloves. And then it got me thinking with James Morgan, like, who does that anymore? It's so old school. You, you don't plant your gloves in your togs, do you? Yeah. Um, I started doing it again because I see Brian Cullen doesn't. I thought I looked really cool. He so does I, I started copying him. The fashion thing. I've tried to do it, but I've just become uh, so preoccupied with losing one of them. I'm not thinking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. the game. It's just like, that just does not work psychologically for me. Just give it, at inter-county level, you beckon to the sideline and you've got your gloves yeah. within seconds. Wear them or not. You don't need them inside your hand. Donald here picked one out and flung it away. And the funny <laughs> thing was, Morgan didn't go looking didn't for it. Cl- did, did he know it was gone though? <laughs> I don't know. Because he was in the vicinity for a while. I was looking at this glove then for ages going, on, pick it up. I was sort of nervous for him. <laughs> You'll never find that way. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, it was a brilliant move from uh, from O'Hare. Like, yeah. you know, we always talk about shithousery and stuff, but that was a real, like, what a class sort of thing. Because if it starts raining, your man's in trouble. Oh, then. yeah, no, Pulls I enjoyed that. Move. I enjoyed that. He should have just walked on it then yeah. after throwing it out. He should have done a little <laughs> dance on it. That'd be it. Clear, I'm going to make a big call here. Andrew Mernon didn't mean the goal. Discuss. Ooh. <sighs> That's we'll, a ask Aaron, we'll ask Aaron the reason I don't think he meant it is because he punched up now if you punch up you're adding to that to put oh, it over so the bar you think he tried to put it over the bar I oh. think he tried to go for a goal that was it was a draw match at that time right did that put him three up and then Rian put Rian O'Neill put them four yeah. up so he's putting them a point up in a really close game like there's no way when you're punching up can you deflect if you're deflecting the ball into the corner like that you're knocking it like this 
You're not yeah. just He fisted straight up in the air Did he know how far he was out there Because he wasn't and, on top And anyways Any full forward who knew where he was I, I, Why didn't he catch that ball Like I mean that was weird That, I, that, was, that was not easy to do what he did That's why I think it was a fluke I, I think he meant to go I don't think he meant to put it in the top corner like he did But um, I think he just got a good connection I thought he was going to catch it But it was too far gone So he just threw a fist at it And got a good connection with it And I think he, he probably assumed the keeper was closer to him So it would just drop in anywhere And I think he got a bit lucky with the fact that it landed in the top corner well, he, got very reaction lucky. To it, like, he got very lucky He went in off the post Like It, <laughs> it looked like to me that it just deflected off his hand You know, there was, He didn't put a direction on that at all Yeah. So you think he's going for the point? I think he was going for the point But I will accept someone telling me He was going for a goal But absolutely didn't mean to put it over there Yeah Okay that might be a compromise <laughs> But I'm going to stick I'm going to stick to my guns Saturday night Cavan uh, Had the first win over Monaghan In 32 years On home soil Big talking point Out of this one Was the Cavan penalty Talk Kevin Max Day Had a bit of a shocker On the Sunday game I watched this this morning He was saying that this Was a penalty It was not a penalty At all Like I mean Again This gets Starts to get Get on my nerves This soccer analysis Oh he had his hand On his back Or his contact yeah. Bullshit It wasn't enough to, He only fell And it was, it was Actually it was Murray Was it yeah. that, that went down He actually left the leg out Soccer style yeah, To get contact did, yeah. on Began He actually brought it back Sort of hoping it, back. It, would, it would hit Began We can't let this seep in Conan This yeah. is really getting On my nerves now Because we can't Have match of Or BBC match of the day was Gary, Gary Lineker style Oh I'm a hipster Oh there was contact on that I'm right Bullshit Bullshit yeah. There has to be an, It has to be a push And Brian Gavin was in The, the examiner today And he, he was absolutely right Ex-referee says Ryan Wiley may have had a hand On Conor Madden's back But I don't believe He pushed him Now there's a complete difference To being pushed <laughs> yeah. uh, Madden went over And tried to buy the penalty On first view And everybody thought That it was for, against Began And the referee said It was against uh, Wiley Absolutely no penalty yeah, I think we're all agreed few, on that one. Yeah, first view and second view and third view, and I don't think people would have even noticed Wiley was involved in this. Like, you know, I was just yeah. watching Bacon and seeing, like, he, like Murray dropped the ball, you know, and then that's what we were all looking at. He dropped the ball, hit off Bacon's leg, and then he seemed to try to react to the drop ball as you do. Like, not that you dive, but you're you're sort of desperate then at this stage. So he's fallen over. He probably has fallen over Bacon in a sense that so he sees him coming. But yeah. Then he leaves his leg in to try and sort of simulate Left the leg in. Left the leg in, which was a real. I don't blame him for leaving the leg in. Like, your desperation, you're going to try and win the penalty. But, like, I mean, it wasn't a penalty. Just full yeah. stop. I, I don't see what Wiley was doing. I, I don't know how involved he was in that. I can't see how he would be in any way sort of guilty for a penalty there like you know you are allowed to contact and the hand on the back and all that but I don't think he was sort of encouraging him to fall over in any way yeah no I don't think so and the big feel good story was Oshin Kiernan who had testicular cancer and had his last chemotherapy on February the 4th um, and he trained away during chemotherapy which is incredible mm. kind of stuff he said it didn't have much effect on me so I trained away I just took it as it came. The hair started to fall out, obviously, but I kept training away just just as I could. Once I got the last chemo session done in February, I went flat out and got the all clear in March. So it's all good since then. So that's fantastic um, to hear that. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about how good Cavan were um, in part two. So congratulations to Oshin Kiernan and it's great to see him make a comeback um, like that. Raymond Galligan, we talked about him last Thursday about being beckoned up for the freeze. Well, I don't think he'd be beckoned up much more. He had a nightmare <laughs> on the freeze. His kickouts were decent um, uh, when he went short. But geez, he didn't, do, he, he, he didn't look like much of a free taker to me. Yeah, goalkeepers seem to get away with a, a bad ratio more than yeah. forwards, don't they? Yeah. Like, I know they're hitting longer range ones most of the time, but... 
they seem to be excused these awful percentages like and surely like you're looking at Murray Riley there the way he's pinging balls and the way he hit the penalty home like surely there's somebody there who could be sought in the freeze over I think so as well I think so it is, it is Connor Minor he can take freeze too yeah. maybe but I t- James Galligan didn't look like he was very good at them anyways Monaghan brought on Connor McCarthy we talked about the dynamic of the Monaghan forward line and it was a surprise to a lot of people to see him on the bench but apparently he was doing um, exams in UCD earlier that day and uh, he got a helicopter up from (laughs) UCD up to um, Breffney Park so like I mean that's just not the preparation you want he looked lively enough like I remember before an under 21 All-Ireland we played Kerry down in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick and our wing back Niall Collins was in UCD as well and he was doing exams and he got a helicopter down and he ended up like he was having a good year up until that point he got roasted in the final and it just kind of stuck in my head just write it off if you like you can't you can't be able to do both even psychologically like I mean if you've got important college exams you can't just click that off and then tune into a match while sitting in a helicopter something new it's not like you do uh, that every day it's just too much emotion in one day I, yeah. I, I suppose and you're up late the night before probably studying and and then the distraction to your teammates oh is he going to get up <sighs> in time in the, in the helicopter is he going to be able to come on yeah. what kind of shape is he in? it's a distraction for everybody Dermot well, Malone looking around to see if you can hear a helicopter <laughs> sound am I coming off here <laughs> it's true though it's, it's like I mean I don't know I, ju- I just think it's a, it's a major distraction all around and yeah. I don't think I don't think you need it and like they were well stocked in the forward department anyways I would have left Connor do your exams um, and that's it Look, yeah. you've got your focus there I don't think it's possible for you to be focused on the game and leave him do them it's a shame the, the exams were on a, 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 a Saturday like you know it's a real sort of I don't know anomaly maybe but I don't know about you but when I play a game it sort of just takes over my life for that two days period like the day of the game and the day before the game and you're trying to get everything right and you're worried about what you're eating and all you're thinking about is the, the game like you know I don't know how then you can throw important exams in on top yeah. of that Yeah well I don't think you can because mentally you can't prepare for the match yeah. until you're sitting in a helicopter <laughs> which is just <laughs> too much fun <laughs> wait till we get down and I'll start <laughs> thinking about it then Imagine that excuse trying to wash with a club manager <laughs> do you want to play senior football or not? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so bad news for you. Kieran Malloy went off with uh, what looks like a really bad injury, so I presume you were all over that. Um, good news for Galway is that Killian McDade um, came on, so maybe there's a straight swap in the attacking wing-back yeah. um, department. Armand Martin Farraher, who we champion on this show, who we think is pure tasty, pure top-class forward, came on in the 66th minute and managed 1-1. <laughs> How do you do yeah. that? What more do you need? What more do you need? Um, so he's put his hand up. So he got that lovely goal, a lovely, really relaxed, kind of nonchalant tap into the corner, which while you're running with the ball, I don't find that technique all that easy. And then he kind of just pulled, fly kicked on a ball um, to get 1-1. One, 1-1 one. One, one in six minutes. We'd be lucky to get that in a season, Connor. <laughs> all right, we'll be back with Aaron Kernan. He goes, if you boys are doing God's work, you can do whatever you want in the field. My kind of, for me, that was a, that was a free pass. <laughs> so, so when you say Mickey takes it to another level, what will he be doing this week? Oh. An extra dagger of the rosary. <laughs> you know, Tyrone are queer hawks in the final, and a hawk is a queer bird.
Aaron Kernan, how's it going? All good, Colin. Um, settle a bet for us here, Aaron. Myself and Conan were arguing about whether Andrew Mernon meant the goal or not. <laughs> so I thought that he punched up in the air, which made me think he was trying to stick it over the bar. Um, Conan thinks he was going for a goal, but wasn't going for the corner that he got it in. What's your t- thoughts on it? No, absolutely. Uh, knowing Andrew and having seen how effective he is for Armagh, he had only one thing in mind, and that was goal. In terms of putting it right into the top corner, that the keeper had no chance. Um, I don't think he meant that but no definitely it needed a goal at that stage and it was a, a perfectly weighted ball into him and I just think he'd have seen the opportunity um, to, to to get a three-pointer out of it and thankfully for Amal supporters it went in Yeah, why didn't he catch it? He probably had time but he couldn't see where the goalkeeper was behind him I'm sure maybe he wasn't sure whether the keeper was rushing out on him um, in fairness that Connor Poland had literally just come on Connor had a great game in the middle of the field he wouldn't be a full back at all but um, he would literally was just on the field and he was marking from in front um, and I just think it was just instinctive uh, he, he just felt that uh, the opportunity was on. He didn't know what was happening behind him. He didn't know what the picture was behind him, and he, he just decided to, to get a glance on it and flick it on. And um, he said it was just, um, it just added to the whole game again. You know, it was just another twist in it, um, and swung the game right back in their favour. Because to be honest with you, I, I'm not sure we would have won the game on points alone. We definitely needed that goal, and uh, it, you know, it just sort of kicked Amal on straight after. It. But uh, just brilliant piece of those individual brains um, and cleverness from, from Andrew um, and it was just brilliant to see him back in the field from an RMR perspective Yeah no it definitely was so like I mean it must have been a crazy game to be at was it like I mean Martin McHugh was saying in the co-commentary that the crowd was a little bit subdued in the first half and that might have been fair enough because the down played with an awful lot of men behind the ball almost every outfield player um, at one time and it was one of these games where you had to try and slowly try and break down um, each team break each other down and in fairness both teams tried to use the kick pass when it was on so like it, it wasn't as dull a defensive game as I've seen Yeah I was afraid that it probably was going to end up 11 names or something out there but um, no Martin is right he perfectly described it I know you're sitting looking at maybe like for the Sunday game and you're thinking like, what a game throughout but it actually wasn't the first half was was very sort of dull and it, it was just purely because down were literally retreating just leaving their men and just running straight back inside their 45 um, and you know that, that just leads to slow games a lot of fist passing side to side and there's never a contest so therefore the crowd never gets engaged there's not there's no real excitement in it but um, like there was a huge crowd there and like it was brilliant just like parking up in the middle of Neary City and then everyone's walking towards it roads were packed brilliant atmosphere on the ground and literally as soon as the ball was thrown in it, it just dated that. Um, but thankfully, you know, as the game wore on, and it, you know, it literally was a couple of long foot passes where it led to goals. Like that's where the excitement really yeah. come from. It, you know, and it, it wasn't even, you know, like it was boys doing stuff that they're probably told not to do at all. Like it's bad enough. Sometimes teams don't want you to kick a ball. You know, where it's even a risk if it's a, if it's a pass to a man, but don't kick and hope whatever you do um, and literally that's where the goals was coming from um, but it, like I said it just the drama started to kick in then, but definitely from probably 40-45 minutes on um, I suppose the, the quality of the score taken um, there was more foot passing then and there was more turnovers um, and then they say the goals started to come and the crowds the, the crowd was really started to get into it um, 
I did sort of fear for RMAC once they went five points out. I was up I was standing with just a couple of friends from the club and I was there at the Clare game and I just said, you know what, I'm nervous at this because you could see RMAC starting to drop away back. You could see them starting trying to keep ball and um, sort of be cute with what they were doing. But we were just leaving ourselves open that, that one goal was going to leave us on the serious pressure and that's the way it panned out. Yeah, yeah. McKernan gave Harrison Cannon a lovely ball in the first half and he scored a point. You know, Mernon got one off a long ball. Forker gave Jamie Clark a beautiful ball in the first half and Clark didn't go shoot for goals and by the time he'd filtered it back out of his straight back <laughs> out to where Forker had given it to yeah. him but that was the frustration of I don't think uh, I don't uh, like if Armagh are retreating back or if Down are retreating back inside the 45 you know like I mean it's really difficult to break that down but isn't it f- like there were some amazing kick passes at times but remember Keane Ward a couple of weeks ago was talking yeah. about these goal chances and point chances that come with just balls going in so like McKernan and yeah you're right Jamie Clark played a couple of lovely passes in particular but it was like just the balls going in that caused panic like you know I think Down got three goals from just balls going into the area I think Blaine Hughes might have been suspect for I know Jared Fogue Burns getting the blame for one of them but again I was looking at Hughes for coming out you know, leave one on the line and let one come at the ball. Like you know, everywhere else in the pitch, it's one up, one down. But it yeah. seems to be goalkeepers go up with the fullback all the time. Um, him and Donahue got cross wires for the first goal, and then uh, the O'Hare goal, big ball went in, it broke, and they managed to sort of get the grips of it and pass it to O'Hare and goal. It was just get it into the danger. In. Like, yeah, 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 I would love to see the stats. The next game I'm at, I'm going to just take stats of how much points you actually lose from losing the ball by kicking it in. And then how much you actually gain from just kicking it in? Yeah, no, that would that would that yeah, would be. Paul, go on, go on, Aaron. Paul Paul, Paul McGrain just used to always have a great saying uh, when I, while I was there on my panel. And he used to say the worst ball you'd give a forward is no ball, and <laughs> he would just say just get it into the mixer. That was just his thing. Just get it into the mixer, and it, you know if you just think back to him, I mean, you see him in the middle of the field on the sideline and that nice big raking uh, diagonal pass uh, into into our forward lane and in fairness like, we have those men in Armagh at the moment that can sort of link up uh, and create great partnerships themselves whether it is Rain O'Neill and Jamie feeding off him or whether Andrew Mornan I know he's just coming back from injury but um, those type of players are there I do get that with you know there's only so much you can do depending on how the other team is set up and football you know is, is more tactic than that now but like literally you know the amount of goals or simple points, and um, even though there was a real uh, good ball played straight through to Andrew Morno whenever he just came on the field, he just led out straight in front of the D about 25 yards out, won it in his chest, and just hooked it over his shoulder yeah. um, over the bar. And it, it was it was just a basic 40 meter foot pass. Down had men running back, but it was ex- the, the pass was executed really well. Andrew wanted the ball, and he knew what he was going to do. He was on the turn straight away over the bar, so he didn't want contact. He didn't look for an extra pass. He just got it straight over the bar, and literally then Paddy Halley got Connor Poland back on the field because he knew right they're going to start going direct to these boys here um, or into, into Andrew Martin. And you see, it's just the more contest there is um, the more excitement and the more, you know, the, the, the crowd, crowd get involved. But I have to say, like, walking back to the car, I was literally, it was probably the first time in a long day in an Armagh game. I literally was nearly exhausted myself because you were going through a roller coaster of emotions where you thought, brilliant, we've seen this out, you know, we're going to win this game to hanging on for dear life. Then thinking three points down an extra time, I, I couldn't see us coming back to win it. Um, and then let the, the way we kicked on. Um, no, definitely it was it was a very absorbing contest. And um, 
the stadium in Down always leads to a good atmosphere, so um, that re- definitely helped with the day. Yeah. In fairness, Armagh showed huge character because if I didn't know the result watching that game, I'd say they're completely gone in extra time. They'd lost their heads towards the end of the normal time. Down had gone three up. I didn't see any way back for them. And like, I mean, Armagh aren't great at breaking down defensive systems like I mean I, I take the point that the long ball works at times but you can't base your attack yeah. against the defensive system on that because you're at nothing I thought only James Morgan injected a bit of pace into their moves and was able to break through a line and stuff I don't think they're great at breaking lines Conan No uh, I, I, I don't know like, I, think, I think you're absolutely right and I think you remember um, they were going alright in the league and then Donegal set up camp against them then and just sort of managed to keep them at arm's length a bit more and Arma I think they're they're good at sort of trying to sort of pierce holes to a point, but then they're like every team. Then you don't want to lose the ball around that forty-five meter line. So unless you're kicking it in, you're not really penetrating. And it's just like you're you're taught so much. I, I don't know what McGinley's like, but you know certainly at club level, it's just don't go into contact, don't risk losing the ball around the forty-five meter line because that is the cardinal sin, and that's probably what's lending itself to teams still being so scared of like mass defenses. Yeah, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, to me, looking from the outside, you know, in terms of, I, I tend, I don't really talk there crosswise. I just leave them at it and let them focus on their county foot. But it just looks like we've sort of think too much about other teams and what they're going to do. And I, I do feel um, I need to start focusing a bit more because this is happening every year where it just looks like we're we've really focused an awful lot on the opposition. Um, I, I think, you know, there are teams where boys just need to have a go. I know, like, you can say you can't lose definitely you can't run into this area you can't shoot from this area this is championship football this is what your whole the county career is based around you know and you need to take risks you need to have a go at times like I would far rather see somebody trying to get a ball in long have taken a risk like that long pass that went into Jamie that there was three men scrambling to get back at him now I'd say if you ask Jamie today I'd say he just regrets not letting fly as soon as it landed in his hands because yeah. he, he probably again didn't know where he was he literally he was about eight or nine yards out not the greatest of angles but Jamie would have went for a goal there and I'd say he definitely regrets it but there was risk in that pass because I'd say he probably ate in four it was a brilliantly weighted pass I'd say he kicked it over 12 down men you know, but there was a risk to it. But it would have been a brilliant reward had Jamie have just let fly straight away. So, um, and, and again, the rain on Elon, you, you could say he's been marked from in front here. Maybe the keeper come out behind him. Don't risk it. Just let the ball in because you never know what's going to happen. Like I'd far rather see down having a build from their own end line, you know, than standing going sideways and and getting nowhere really around midfield or the forty-five because, um, it, like I said, it just it, it's championship football and it's all about winning. And the only way you're going to do that is put more scores on the board. And that's sort of been the mindset that I've always been brought up, and, and uh, that would definitely be my thinking in it. There. Yeah, because some of the like some of the scores our got were exceptional points. Yeah. Like Jamie Clark's two points were exceptional. Rian O'Neill kicked some exceptional ones. His first one from a set move from the throw-in, which was outstanding. We might talk about that in a second. That was outstanding. I would have liked to have seen if it was a set move, him running across Rafferty rather than yeah. you know, to the corner yeah, and yeah. kicking a, a Hail Mary. Kennedy got a great one as well in the right wing. Yeah, right. yeah, he got a brilliant one. And then Stephen Campbell's second point oh, was yeah. the degree of difficulty in that point, running away from goal and hook it back around from a tight angle. This is the point I'm making. They didn't get through for many tap-over points. All the points they got Conan were almost exceptional, which you can't depend on that. Now, they won't play another team 
that has gone those tactics from down are a little bit kind of three years ago you know so they they did have to contend with a lot yeah it's, it's a bit of I, don't, I sort of agree with you and I don't as well because what Arne's saying there about you know letting fly his championship and we're always hearing about we're talking about these RMA forwards every every week like you know maybe maybe they are up to that standard and I think the difference was Jamie Clark won a ball just after the Mernon goal and he had two men around him he didn't let fly he popped it to Ryan O'Neill who was in a worse position and he let fly he hit it wide but it was like somebody who's just not bogged down yet by like you know what you have to do right and what you have to, like don't what you don't have to do you know but um like so maybe maybe when they get a chance they, they can just put it over but I did hear Martin McHugh saying commentary like and I hate hearing it's the worst thing you can hear but when a team set up defensively you're going to need to score long range points it's like has, has anybody ever won a game by doing that Armad did win a game by scoring some lovely points but they don't win by scoring from beyond the 45 you can't do that No. so no, maybe you... it is a worry like, yeah, going forward well, what's the story with Down Aaron watching him in the flesh because we know they, they packed a huge amount of numbers in defence but they also got a lot, of num- a lot of numbers up in attack they almost played like a basketball team where every, the whole team defended and then the whole team kind of slowly built up um, you know and we're back up in attack and then when the play would develop a little while they weren't afraid to give in to Harrison the odd time I think they underused him because when they did use him he, he was able to win it It, it kind of are, are these defensive tactics moved on a little bit now where you're all 14 are going back and then mo- all 14 moving back up like almost like basketball Yeah like, like th- th- you did perfectly describe them th- that's literally Left their man like you could have been standing. A down man could have been standing beside the Armagh player, uh, and instead of engaging him, he just left them, started running back. Which you know, I just I have no time for that. I, no. I hate it. Like, but I'd say maybe Paddy Halley, you know, maybe didn't get promoted from the league, and there's a bit of pressure, and he had a few injuries, and a lot of new fresh faces, and whatever. But I still think you know he could have been more offensive. You're right; they did build very slowly. Then as they were coming back up, they were very patient around the full or the the 45 meter line. But you're 100% right in that. Do you see once they did actually get two men in in front of goal, the amount of times that pass was actually on a foot pass in the 45, but they didn't take it often enough. Brendan Donahue was sitting back. He was there at the half back. So you can see he was a sweeper. He was just playing as a position. He was trying to read the game. But I have to say, Conor Harrison, he was on so many times where they could have got a long diagonal ball that would have put us under a lot of pressure. And I'd say whenever they look back at it, that is something that they'll regret. And it's definitely something that an area that they can improve on um, because particularly the likes of him and Donal O'Hare, if they had got a better link, and maybe that's just because they haven't been working on it enough, um, that it, it probably wasn't in the mindset of the players. But they definitely got two men inside the big box their movement you could say maybe wasn't great and then in terms of having vision from further out the field to, to just put a ball in um, those boys didn't have it but it definitely is an area that they have the personnel that could trouble you more regardless of whether they drop back or regardless of whether they attack slowly the opportunity was still on uh, to put more diagonal ball in that would have left their, their full back lane scrambling yeah it's an interesting one because uh, turnovers are obviously a thing of the past you can't live off them um, as much as teams used to so now it's, Paddy Talley has obviously evolved it to defending with that many numbers and then when you win the ball build it up so slowly that you get your forwards back into position and then maybe you know it looks like you have enough numbers up there but come here talking of Brendan Donaghy he was madly at fault for Down's first goal Pat um, Haverins 
uh, goal because that was just he was on the edge of the small square when that was thrown inside to to Haveron and he never came out to engage him at all he just stayed in the middle of the small square Did it, do you remember that Aaron it was it, it, it wasn't very instinctive of a good defender anyways because he just gave him a free shot at goals and he buried in, into the bottom corner Haveron's goal was the long one in the first half where he just got the flick in and Blaine Hughes come off his lane for it um, oh that was that one the Don't Low Hair one is where yeah, in that instance, I think there was just poor communication. I'm not sure whether James Morgan was supposed to be on Donlow here, and then he goes to try and double team Corey Quinn. And next thing, Corey gets a, a quick hand pass into Donlow here. But definitely, Brandy will be very disappointed because he, he's a really experienced player. Um, I, he knows himself like he should have got straight out on Donlow here. Once James committed yeah. to trying to double up. On, on Corey Quinn it was then Brendan's job the only dangerous man on the field and that stage was Tone O'Hare Brendan definitely should have got across from and should have just even got him slowed up that it was a matter of him just having to turn and pop the ball back out potentially give away a point but definitely don't give away a goal at that stage um, so yeah that is a key area that it, it is it's easily improved it's something that like Geezer won't even need to say that there to Brendan he'll realise that there himself um, but it just it gives down a, a life lane and just the crowd really got behind them then at that stage um, and you knew it was going to be a sort of scramble for the last couple of minutes for Armada to hang on after Yeah and was it Donaghy then was the spare man all the time when when um, Caelan Mooney got sent off because I saw like the Armas use of the spare man it didn't look to me like maybe Mark Shields was the right man to be put as the spare man I'm not sure it's hard to tell on TV yeah, so just as, as literally as soon as the the two teams lined up, uh, Brandy just stood centre half back by himself. He was he was obviously going to be the designated extra player. He was going to hold the centre. That is his role. That, that that's what he does. Um, generally, any so it, it gives it gives us the man that we wanted to be free. But in fairness, even at half time, Mooney was sent off. If ever there was a good time to get someone sent off, that was it because at least they give the down management time to real or to sort of construct what they were going to do and then to get the message across and to be fair to them they sort of coped fairly well with it and the style of play that we're playing they're never going to hugely miss one player um, because we're just getting so many men back but I have to say the the two men that they probably didn't want it to happen to would have been Caelan Mooney and I have to say Conor Poland a younger brother of Mark um, the former former downtown half uh, forward two of them were excellent causes a lot of trouble you know once the slow build up got just into into the Armagh half it was them who were coming at pace breaking the tackle to get inside their 45 metre line so he, he definitely he was a huge loss to them um, but like I said it, it did it afforded us Brendy was never going to be the, the sort of person who was going to be bombing up the field as the extra man to get on the end of things um, but I think it, w- it was more just to make sure that we were we were stable at the back and um, that would have been Geezer's thinking and leaving him where he was Yeah, no, it's like the conservative way but I take your point if Downer yeah. retreating anyways using your spare man isn't massive do you know what I mean? If there's only yeah. if there's only market The down kickouts, Conan um, this was a tale of two goalkeepers so Rory Burns tapped them all short immediately took the return yeah. like the cornerback just tr- or whoever got it just straight away through yeah. back to them and then they went headed on running up back into their forward position so it was weird they retreated off their off their men when they were when they were uh 
when they were defending and then they just kind of ran on up in front of the ball <laughs> when they're as the goalkeeper brought it out as the spare man it was just kind of we discussed last summer that this was kind of coming into the game didn't we but I thought it was the right way to play against Dublin actually I remember saying that you defend with everyone but attack with everyone but I thought Tally that seemed to be definitely what he was doing but Rory Burns obviously went off to a, a deserved black card and it was the second goalkeeper that came on Hines and he was kicking him long to midfield he obviously didn't have yeah. any confidence and that's not where they needed to go I think one time he, he did what Burns was doing he kicked it short and then got the return but then he popped straight back to the man who gave him you know, the ball from the return so it was like no, they got, they got nowhere further up the pitch so um, it was very slow and he was he, Sense, I think sometimes the crowd get to know when somebody's nervous, especially a goalkeeper, and they were starting to get on his back a little bit, you know, and sort of putting him under pressure to kick it, kick it quicker, and he was just hoofing it up into the air, sort of it was hanging. It was wide in fairness to him, but it was just hanging in the air for everybody to contest. And Down won some ball, Arma won some ball, and it just felt like Down were under pressure since he came on. Then like Burns was a bit silly; yeah. he could have just popped it off. I sort of, I sort of laughed, laughed to myself a bit with that time of cutting across the corner because I just remember reading about three or four weeks ago at the end of the National League in the Irish News, Down had two other goalkeepers in the panel that one left during the National League and then the, the second sub goalkeeper left at the end of it because he, he basically said I know I'm not going to get any championship game name and then I'm not playing for the club so I'm gone so this this was a young guy called Mark Haynes um, from Carrie Duffy who was just coming into the panel so he hadn't even been there for the league he hadn't he'd never played plenty before and there you go he's getting thrown in yeah. so I think you can understand maybe why he was a bit nervous and a bit edgy because you know you're on your own there and especially it's just magnified whenever a goalkeeper gets a black card for tripping a man outside the 50 and I think the crowd's all starting to cheer him and then you're the lonely goalkeeper coming on and you're hitting the kick out like Ryan then hit an unbelievable score um, from Burns' trip from outside the, the 45 put it over the bar and then next thing all A's is on a debutant goalkeeper coming on to kick his first ball for his county. Yeah, yeah. maybe Tally even told the young fella here, listen, just get it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't no try to do, don't try to do. He could have yeah. been a bag of nerves in the dressing room. We don't know. And he didn't do too well for the goal either. I don't think that he sold himself. He went down with Shields, give him a really nice dummy in fairness. Lovely sidestep yeah. that, and that's not easy to do with that speed. To no, com- completely changed direction. Fantastic sidestep. I just like I think the keeper made it a bit easier by just going to the ground and committing to it rather than letting Shields make the decision. Yeah. Okay. Well, last thing here. There's, there's loads of things to talk about free taking very poor from an Armagh point of view Aaron Rafferty Grugan and uh, Rian missed some maybe he went for more difficult ones he shouldn't have gone that may, maybe looked, made his stats look worse than they, they should have been uh, yeah, yeah well definitely the, the first one he went from off the ground the sideline yeah. like been a club man and seeing him coming up I have seen like he would kick them for us he just he didn't get a clean strike in it at all but knowing him as I do like he'll be very disappointed he had uh, it was sort of an easier one 25 metres out it was on the sideline or close to the sideline he missed it but uh, and he missed one off his left foot just before that where he maybe had a bit more time to come back on his right foot but you know it just showed the sort of mentality of him because in the second half in fairness that one outside the 45 and then he had another really difficult one from right along the sideline um, over underneath the stand that he put over the bar so it, w- it wouldn't really matter he's just such a good striker the ball it would be irrelevant nearly where it was within 50-55 metres for him he'd just be disappointed that he didn't execute them properly and, and likewise Rory missed a, a simple enough one um, straight in front of the goals that you know he would score them all day long so I- I'd say they'll just be disappointed with their own execution I don't think it was that they were particularly hard um, freeze for them it just was bad execution on the day 
All right, okay. Right, well, we can move on to Kevin Monaghan now, lads. Kevin won this by four points. I don't want to break it down so so basic, lads, but this is almost like it's almost like hurling analysis that I used to give out about. Kevin were up for it and Monaghan weren't up yeah. for it. Like, it seemed to be Kevin just first to every ball, chasing lads down. Monaghan, like, I couldn't believe how easily Kevin... I think there was one clip of, of Martin Riley who was absolutely outstanding. It was the beautiful ball he gave down to Madden for a point. And he just skipped past Carl O'Connell like he was. The effort Carl O'Connell made now, he's just, he just sidestepped in the field and Carl O'Connell, with it. he roasted Carl O'Connell. Monaghan were just off it, um, Aaron, and it's hard to understand why. Maybe the favours tag doesn't suit them. It's happened against Fermanagh, it's happened against Down in recent years. But it was a serious flatness to their play. Yeah, I have to fully agree with you. That That's really all I can put it down to. I felt sort of in the build-up to this, there was a nervousness in what the Monaghan people and the Monaghan players were saying, you know, where I felt that, you know, they're they're a better team than Cavan. You know, they're operating in Division 1 on a consistent basis. They were in all same final last year. But, you know, you would have thought that would give them a load of confidence. But I just felt there was an edginess. The whole thing was like, uh, you know, we're going into the Breffney Park and the tradition of the old rivalry between them. That's the sort of stuff that they were saying. And I don't know whether that was in their psyche, but if I was them, given, you know, where they've been for the past eight or nine years and the levels they've been operating on, they needed to be more sort of cocky or sure of themselves. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think there's an issue with that group of players whenever they're um, whenever they're favourites because you put them at an underdog, underdog tag, you put them up against uh, a supposed bigger team and the hunger, the work rate from them is just... You know, it's inspiring for the majority of counties uh, around the country. But put them as favourites. There's just something that they don't seem to be able to cope with it. Like you said, they're operating at a higher level for a longer period than Cavan. They didn't play with that confidence or sort of that belief. It didn't come across to me anyway. But the same thing happened. I felt it changed too much last year to try and suit Fermanagh's sort of defensive tactics where, again, they should have been saying, hold on a second. We're operating in Division One. Yeah. You know, we've won all their titles in recent years. We have marquee forwards. Let's just go out and beat them, regardless of what they're going to do. So, um, it definitely seems to be something in the psyche of them that they're not coping well, and or maybe they're, they're focusing too much on what other teams are going to do. Um, you know, instead of focusing more on themselves. But absolutely, from the start, there was one team dictating that, and. You say it was, just, it was extraordinary how flat Monaghan were because it's just not what we come to expect from that group. No, it's not. And like, I mean, then you, you hear in the second half, it's hard to tell exactly on television with sweepers and things because the game's so fluid. But like from reading match reports from people that were there, that uh, Monaghan abandoned their sweeper then at the start of the second half and pushed up and didn't allow Cavan take the short kickouts. <laughs> I'm just thinking your favourite's going into a game why can't that be the tactic from the bloody start yeah. I can't that's that conservative um, tactics that Malik O'Rourke and Aaron's right against Fermanagh he's, he's a conservative manager at heart and he can't get out of that and he wants to see what it's like in the first half and, and then go for it instead of going we're a Division 1 team we're going pushing up we're going to try and go man for man all over the field and when we go man for man we've better forwards and that was the analysis kind of last Thursday we thought Monaghan would sneak a, a close game because they're better forwards like I mean why would you wait till the second half until you're eight points down to start changing your and to start going for the game and pushing up yeah but in fairness to Maliki like it's it probably is a mentality as well like some of the play especially in the first half the difference between Cavan and Monaghan when Monaghan were going forward they weren't 
incisive. They weren't trying to get through. The runs weren't aggress- aggressive enough. Yeah. You know, they were passing the ball. They were, it was riddled with mistakes. They were hoping McManus would pull them out of a hole. So they were sort of waiting for him all the time. And I know that's obviously a good tactic, but Calvin were smart. Calvin were jumping in and trying to foul boys or anything. They stood up and they sort of let Monaghan make the decision and Monaghan weren't aggressive enough. And I think that's a mentality. And I think regardless of a sweeper or whatever else, like there's nothing O'Rourke can really do about that if they're not up to the pitch like Calvin are. I mean, yeah. like Connor Brady's the first point for Calvin, like just bang, 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 these these quick hands and everybody sort of getting ahead of the ball and trying to make something happen. Whereas that wasn't happening with Monaghan. No, it absolutely wasn't. It was weird. And like, you keep just trying to think of tactical reasons and there's not really. It's just <laughs> yeah. Cavan just were at that pitch of that championship game and uh, Monaghan weren't. In fairness to Cavan, tactically, they brought Thomas Galligan out to midfield and Darren McVitie spent a lot of time at the full forward line Garod McKiernan didn't spend too much time at midfield it was like he was playing centre forward Aaron so like I mean and then Galligan went back in in the second half so they were keeping Monaghan guessing all the time he impressed me Galligan he's well able to battle in around the midfield and obviously Brady who made his debut looked at home there as well Yeah I actually know Thomas Galligan very well because uh, sort of we had a good underage team there that Ryan O'Neill would have been on and his brother Oshin and that and they've come up against uh, Thomas's club side, uh, lost to them after a replay in an Ulster minor championship, and then they actually beat us again in the Ulster Under 21 club championship. So I have seen a bit of him this past few years. Very, uh, very big man, uh, first of all, for a young lad, but very aggressive and, and good skills, uh, game as hell. You know, so he does give them an option and gives them a very physical presence. And usually, like, he's a completely different style of player than what Darren McVitie is. You know, and to rotate them around, you also McKernan coming off the shoulder, like for such a huge man that everyone on the ground can see, he seems to boast in the open space on either side of the D and get a shot off right or left foot, and um, continuously. And that just is his game. Um, you know, it's it's a credit to him that he can sort of sneak into those positions. But um, like, he was massively effective and I have to say I, I did a bit of work um, at the Mayo and Cavan game in the league and defensively they were very good particularly Park Faulkner had an outstanding game that night yeah. it was their forward play um, they just I didn't feel they were ever going to get enough like Mayo was never going to shoot the lights out but I just didn't feel Cavan was going to get enough scores to win that game but at that stage Nicky Graham was really occupied with Molnopta and his head would have been all over the place he would have just sort of been getting the grips with the Cavan job but definitely on Saturday evening like I know they've even beaten our man the championship in recent times um, but uh, like that was the most organised that I have seen them in, in I don't know how long and the most sort of composed and assured um, that I've ever seen a, a Cavan team and you know I'm sure an awful lot of that has to be laying at his door um, I would say one thing that probably slipped under the radar and it was, was a bit weird looking at it like every time the camera panned to Mickey Graham in the sideline the man he was talking to was Martin Corey. He's actually Vinny Corey, the, the Monaghan uh, defender. He's his twin brother. Um, so he's in as, as a selector and a coach with Cavan. So there was no one was going to know the Monaghan panel or Monaghan players any better than himself. He's obviously a club man of Conor McManus and Conor Boyle and those boys. So um, I'm sure he would have been really helpful and really insightful um, in, in giving knowledge to Mickey Graham and helping him get the inside track. So um, maybe that one smart move by Mickey Graham might have had paid off with a win for them the other night. Yeah, I wonder, did he, did he give him the job after the draw was made or was he in before that? <laughs> 
<laughs> stand around and wait and see who we get the fuck out of town. Finish, no? I, need, yeah, yeah. I, need, I need to get a coach from that county and then maybe I'll mix it up after that so that's it like I mean Cavan can be very proud of their performance they were excellent Conan and like I mean you couldn't ask any more of them we worried about their forwards as well but I thought uh, Madden was excellent um, I thought McFeety battled away pretty well Martin O'Reilly we'll talk about him in performance the weekend he was outstanding I'm, I'm glad we flagged him up last week because mm. he is has been and is an outstanding a creative brilliant passer and he's a solid engine as well and when they could afford then to put a road McKernan up front do you know what I mean they, they, they had that little bit more oomph about them yeah and they, look, look I don't want to keep on back down to mentality and stuff but they all just worked harder like you know and I think they had nine scores in the whole game and which a lot of teams could rack that up but when you're only scoring one thirteen, that shows how many different people were contributing to the scoring and maybe it's a bad thing in the long run you probably do need that sort of you know star forward if you want to go further in the championship but Martin Riley obviously did offer a little bit of star dust and some of the passes he was pinging but they were only available because most people in the team were trying to make something happen yeah. which is a rare thing and that's probably again great credit to the management team the fact that you can get everybody into that way of thinking that I can be the one who gets on the end of the score here yeah that's the thing and like I mean when you have I suppose when you have a player like Forker and you have a player like Martin Riley who are very good off the outside of the boot like you can run towards the ball and then double back you know what I mean and he might pick that ball yeah. over the top it just opens up your options Aaron for so many different runs if you know number one you know a fella when he's on the ball this lad's going to kick it so then you know you're going to be rewarded for your run do you know what I mean yeah. rather than Jesus um, there's no point making a run here now like it's good to have those fellas on, on the team yeah, that's all that is is just being switched on to to knowing the strengths of your teammates, you know. And like I know the ball you're you're talking about, particularly that you played in the Connor Madden, where you come up along the the terrace side, skipped inside uh, one of the Monaghan players and had a lovely pass in probably Madden similar to what Jamie Clark's when of coming in the same angle could have had a goal as well. Um, but yeah, terrific pass in from. But yeah, it's just reading reading your players and knowing who your kickers are. Um, and it, like if you can see the player building that it's, it's someone you know is more inclined to foot pass it's only a matter of you being switched on to that taking your defender maybe 5 or 10 yards in a direction that you know you're cutting back in that you're after leaving maybe a 20, 20 yard space for yourself to break back into to, to win easy possession and get a score um, but definitely Martin Riley is, is one of the key men who's going to be the suppose the linchpin between your defence to your attack to allow you have a kicking game um, and like those players this day and age they're vital like you know really every team you sort of need probably two or three of them that are operating around your middle third um, who are willing to take that risk and have the vision and the ability I suppose to, to execute the uh, pass once it comes off but um, definitely he's a player now that, that I'm really going to have to clamp down on because so much good of what Cavan done uh, has gone through him and, and it's been the same for years Yeah exactly alright we'll come back with Paddy Power performance of the weekend Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you've probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. Okay, Paddy Power Performance of the Weekend. First nomination for Paddy Power Performance of the Weekend, and we haven't actually mentioned him yet, is Jarley Oak Burns. What a bloody player this fella is. Um, Aaron, I'll go to you first. What an engine and great pace. Won three of the four uh, throw-ins. 
Um, should have had a free at the end where he was just pushed out over the sideline, which you know would have been a very important uh, point of the game, and just was all over the field for a young fella to take on that much responsibility. I thought he was very impressive. Yeah, he was just game as hell, um, and just only thing you probably left out. He has an absolute ferocious leap. He's yeah. one of these guys who once he goes up, he sort of hangs there, and he can nearly go again. Um, just terrific leap and you say to, in this day and age to, to win three out of four throw ups it's sort of nearly unheard of um, and you know that's his whole game he's probably a bit like his father where that's, he, he loved catching ball and I suppose uh, he'd be disappointed that he didn't hold on to the ball where they got the last goal from but you could just see the enthusiasm that he just wanted he just come flying across the square, yeah. you know, recklessly just trying to get his hands on the ball. Um, but he's really come from, he, he actually played very little football um, and he played really well for St Mary's. Um, he, he's obviously had been in uh, with the county panel from pre-season, wasn't seeing much game time, but done really well for St Mary's. They ended up getting to the Sigerson final and then it was actually the, the suspension of Stephen Sheridan where he got in and he got started against Fermanagh in the league here and cross in the second last league game. And I have to say he was very good that day and he sort of held his place since then. But, he just, I've heard, um, just, you know, his, his local club, Silver Ridge, is only out the road from us. And I know from seeing some of the Silver Ridge people around town and that there that they just said the confidence that he took into just club league games throughout April, they felt that he was just a different player compared to what he's been this past few years. Like, he's still really young. Like, he was in the Ironman's of 20 panel last year. So he, he's just 20 going on 21. But they just felt that he's really physically developed this year but more so just his confidence and his self-belief they, they felt had uh, really grown and that you could see that in even the club football that he was just head and shoulders above even the player that he would have been last year. So from our perspective, that's brilliant because yesterday is only going to bring him on. Yeah, and is he a player that's been coming up through the ranks and you're saying, geez, here we have a dominating midfielder for a lot of years or the way you're talking there, it's like you're a little bit surprised that he's nailed, that he's nailed down that position. No, 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 definitely. He, he was one who always had the potential um, to, to make the breakthrough. So we, we would have known, I would have known him coming through from minor um, and the under 20, 20 and 21 panels this past few years. So he definitely was someone who you knew had the ability to go on and be a senior footballer and obviously has a bit of pedigree, um, you know, with the surname that he has. So yeah. it probably was just a matter he needed to just get his chance. You know, and it was, was really breaking in that past few years. You've had Stephen Sheridan and uh, Neil Grimley who have sort of made the, the midfield partnership their own. But um, this year, uh, Neil Grimley broke his hand in a, in a league game in April for his club. Um, Stephen Sheridan had picked up the suspension during the league. So that opened the door from, and I suppose, just off the back of a good Sigerson campaign. His confidence was up. He was getting plenty of football, and thankfully, he's brought it through. So, you know, he's now made himself a target, but uh, I think that. That's a that's a tag that he'd be able to carry, and you know, whenever games on the lane and you're a debutant and it's a local derby and the atmosphere is very easy, I suppose, to be conservative and go into your shell. But yesterday he wanted to make the big catch. He was making the tackles. He was bombing up the field. You know, he was aggressively trying to to break through tackles. So, um, you know, that's priceless this day and age. And he said, I think he'd be waking up today uh, mad for more more buzz and more big days he got there and yeah, um, yeah a great future has hopefully started for Armand and for Charlie Oak Very good and I actually think Sheridan and Grimley and like well they're good players they're not 
I don't they're, they're just I, maybe when you have a midfield of Sheridan and Grimley you're not winning an Ulster Championship for four years maybe I don't think yeah. they're at that top level I don't know I think that's what Armagh are missing Charlie Vernon plays out there sometimes I don't know I, I think that he could be their number eight guaranteed and who partners yeah. him and I think Armagh kind of need that should he have had a mark at the very end um, did he catch a ball or did he let that drop out of his hands he wasn't given a mark I'm trying to, I'm trying to do you remember that Ooh. Was that that was the one thing? It was it was Ben Creeley where it, it came out, but I think he just had fumbled it, which is why I, I don't think they got right, the mark because it bounced um, back up into his hand. Then because when he had it on the yeah, when he yeah. fell down the ground, he had it in his hand. It must have came out and bounced back up into his hands. He, he just didn't catch it cleanly. Um, but just going, going back to that there point, I have to nail Grimley. Like I know it's club football, but in our club championship last year, like he was head and shoulders the best the best footballer we come up against. He's a terrific fielder of the ball, super athlete. Um, and I, I think, you know, that's a partnership that could be worked with him. Like, he's a really big man, very rangy type player. Um, so he, he is a super footballer and, and will develop into to being a, a top inter-county player. So I think Charlie Oak just coming through just puts the pressure on other players, gives us more options. Um, but... Uh, they could turn out to be to be a good midfielder. Neil Grimley was tugged out yesterday, but just wasn't wasn't put on. Like say he picked up a, a fracture in his hand in the last club league games that they're allowed to play. But he'll be back in the mix um, for the next game, as will Andrew Mernon, as will Oshin O'Neill, who's come back and played a few league games for ourselves. So um, definitely, we we have more options around the middle of the field to try and help Charlie Oak. Yeah, no, we know Niall Grimley is absolutely brilliant going forward. Rian O'Neill, the first time I saw Rian O'Neill was in a club game last year. It was the televised one. He got against, sent off against yeah. Guidor. Um, and I just remember seeing, thinking this, like, this lad's a Rolls Royce of a player. He's got everything. He's got absolutely everything. And he has Aaron. Like, how good are we talking here? Because he, he looks to have every trick in the book. Like, I mean, he has Kieran MacDonald esque passes off the outside of his boot. He can kick off left and right. He's a big man. He has a bit of divilment in him. Like, he doesn't stand back. You know what I mean? It, he look, to me, he looks like he's ticking, ticking all the boxes for, for his age. I'm I'm very conscious that I don't want to hype up somebody too much after one game and, and maybe you can make them out to be something that they're not. Ray O'Neill comes from a family of pedigree. His dad played for Ama, played for Loud and Leinster. His mum is Osha McConville's sister. There's four of them in the family and they just live and breathe Gaelic football. But Ray O'Neill is the business. He is no I've seen him from he was under eight upwards and there's nothing he can't do, right? Like you said, right or left foot, handling, um, temperament, um, and you say he's aggressive. You know, for a forward, you know, whenever he hits, it hurts. Um, <laughs> but the one thing, like he, he's the first player on the field at training, and he's the last player off the field every night. You don't need to say a thing to him. Literally, like he's like he's 20 now. I'm the the club captain this past two years, and he's their vice captain. But like he doesn't talk, he doesn't talk in the change room, says very little on the field, but there's just an aggression to get ball, to shoot, to win in him that is infectious. He like we have a good crop of young boys coming through in our club, but he is the pipe piper of them. Like um he like th- there's nothing that the the literally the sort of the GA world will be his oyster over the over the next ten years. Um a terrific temperament. Like I would genuinely say he wasn't even nervous at all yesterday. He just craves the big day. Now he has set a big target for himself 
his uncle Oshin just ironically scored eight points in his championship debut in 1998 in Oma, um, a game that unfortunately Ahmad lost and went on to have a great career. But um, he, he will definitely be a marked man. He'll not have the same time or space the next day, but um, he, he's a terrific player. Um, and, you know, we're just very grateful that uh, he's, he's crossed McGlenn and he's Armagh, but definitely a bright future ahead. And just someone who's really easy on the A to watch um, can do the spectacular in terms of passing and scoring. Um, and really, he was, he was the difference between us winning and losing that game yesterday. Getting goosebumps here, Colin. Yeah, but it, <laughs> and it is the, the way he carries himself, isn't it? It wasn't. There was never a moment like where he was thinking, "Jesus, me big chance today." It was yeah, always yeah. Like, about bloody time. I'm here, and I get to show you what I can do. He just has that. It's not arrogance. It's just like confidence and like yeah, as Aaron says, the passing and the scoring. Like you know, I don't, I don't even know. You rather have him centre half forward or full forward? Like you need him in both places yeah. already after one. I mean, with Mernon there now, he has to be yeah. eleven with that range of kick passing and with Mernon inside. Yeah. That's a very dangerous combination. There was one I remember in the league we had the, the offensive mark, the Willie mark. They had that in, and um, it, it, it was against Donegal. He won a free back in his own half and just pings his outside a little bit past straight up to Jamie Clark, who catches it just inside the forty-five, and it's a free you, out of nothing. And he's just pinged this past the, whole, the length of the pitch. Yeah, it's what he no, he's top. Yeah, but he, he, even yes, whenever the game looked like it was going away from them, like obviously been there as a spectator. Like there was a few times um, where, where lads, uh, Stephen Campbell took on a shot. I think the shot was on. But like Rain was going mad. He wanted that ball back. He he'd won a free, given it to Stefan. He wanted it back again. You know, I could see him then taking himself to the middle of the field and just screaming at Blaine Hughes to get the ball towards me. Like, you know, he wanted to be on the ball as much and as often. And you sort of summed it up, right, Conan? It's not an arrogant thing on him. He just wants he wants to prove himself. He wants to be on the big stage. He wants to play a big games, and you know he, he's born for it. The only thing is, if you talk to his younger brothers on the 14s, he might tell you he's not even the best player in his house. Like, but <laughs> uh, there, there is, there's, there's, there's a good fleet of them coming through, which is, like you say, it's, it's terrific for Cross now. Where, so, where does the younger brother under 14 play? Uh, he, he could be well. He'd probably end up in an inside forward. Um, and then he's 14 there's another young that's Aaron's 14 Dara's on the 16 and then you've Arshin who's just a year older than Ray and he's the senior panel and they say he'll be back available so um, yeah there there was no chance they were going to be editing other than Gaelic footballers given the, the background that they're coming from so um, yeah we'll see a few more of them in years to come I've no doubt of that as well yeah you should be sponsoring that family to have more, chil- to have more children <laughs> 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 we're getting all Ireland the Garandora might say they're right up at this stage <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Liam Silk scored 1-2 from play. Um, obviously, in the modern game, lads, you're playing cornerback. It's like the Philly McMahon effect. You don't <laughs> ever have to play cornerback because Sligo... And, tr- like, obviously, they, they had to... The Division 4 against Division 1, really. Sligo got beaten in every game in Division 3. So they had to they had to drop players back behind the ball and they made it competitive. Um, but Silk destroyed them with 1-2 from play. So that's um, he's definitely won from that game that uh, deserves a nomination Martin Riley we mentioned him already absolutely brilliant player to watch and to think that he played wing back a little bit what a waste of a fella that can uh, kick uh, passes like that I think Colin Walsh went on Martin Riley because I think him going out of the game slightly at the start of the second half coincided with Monaghan coming back into it he couldn't have kept that pace Mm -hmm. that he had in the first half where he was absolutely everywhere I never saw Carl O'Connell destroyed that badly and offer nothing going forward, Aaron. Have you seen him as poor? Do you give all the credit to Martin Riley, obviously, for Carl O'Connell's very, very poor performance? 
Yeah, he just looked like everyone else in the Mullen team. They looked flat, and I think it was sort of summed up early enough in the first half. He'd made a great breakthrough from the terrace side, heading through on goal, and he just looked like he was two minded. He didn't yeah. know should I fist it over the bar, should I tap it over my foot, should I keep going and cut across and try and get a goal. They ended up to get nothing out of it, um, and it just the whole day just sort of started to seem to, to sleep away from Monaghan. You know, they were all making those sort of. They all seemed to be hesitant. They all seemed to be waiting on something spectacular to happen. Like managed to kick a wonder score, um, a goal to come against the runner player, but. Uh, it never came from him. But I suppose instead of talking about, about Monaghan in that regard, maybe you just have to, to give credit to uh, Cavan and that, like you said, they were the ones who were up for it and they were the ones who were really dictating the, the state of the play all day. Yeah, and all the good performers. Gerard McKiernan, obviously. I wasn't sure I would have given him um, man of the match. Is that who got man yeah, of the yeah. match in the end? Um, I'm, I don't think <laughs> got he Got the was... most points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that, maybe, maybe that was it. Jason McLaughlin and Podrick Faulkner in the full-back line were outstanding as well. They give nothing away. They have good defenders in fairness to Cavan like they really do the big strong physical men so they do so like I mean it'll be a great match up against the Armagh forwards um, the next day has to give um, we're out of time have to give performance of the weekend to Rian O'Neill gets a pair of Paddy Power lucky pants Aaron so if you see him in the dressing room across McGlenn you can uh, get him togged out into these lucky pants you can give him a bit of a slagging I don't know when he'll get them whenever I get around to doing the admin <laughs> side I'm excited I'm, a, I'm signed up to the Rian O'Neill fan club at this stage now That's I don't need to hear anymore yeah. I got goosebumps listening to Aaron talking about That's him class, yeah. is there anything like it's just a young fella just bloody wants to train hard not a big talk or just gets out in the field and just expresses himself uh, there it's not just Rian it's the yeah, Rian family go, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is like but you know I'm coming in this morning you know and I'm excited for him I was walking out of the ground yesterday 10 feet tall because of and I'm flicking through the papers today and there's not one word of him like there's no interview because I can guarantee you they probably asked him and he just walked out of there. You know, he he was the star man. He was the main person there yesterday. I texted him last night, said, what he is at? He is all out in the dock for a few beers and he is sitting at home in the house with a Chinese. Now, I have to say, that probably wasn't by choice for him. I'd say they were maybe instructed not to do it because he's good crack once you do let him go out. But um, no, like you'll see him. He'd be up in the field by himself or maybe with the younger brothers and he'd just kicking the lace out of a ball and you know that's the boys it's like I'm saying he's not easy in a football um, because he's, he's never done kicking them um, but no he, he lives and breathes football and you know that's that's great that's what everyone wants to see that's what GA supporters in general want to see Um it's uh, yeah, it's encouraging. Fantastic, Rian and Neil. Congratulations, and Aaron. Thanks very much for filling in today. And we'll be back on Thursday with a preview show as usual. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other, and. Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.